0: Joe
1: Paggs Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Paggs.
2: Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. It is the Joe Pag Show. Bottom of the hour, it's going to be F.H. Buckley, author. He's written a book called progressive conservatism which to me doesn't make any sense i don't know what progressive conservatism is but he gives good definition to it and actually says conservatives used to be the um the progressives i guess the left just sort of co-opted it and said well we're going to be the ones that bring progress and progressive basically has turned into a dirty word for us if you're on the right in this day and age we'll have him on the program make sure you stick around for that we don't agree on everything which is kind of interesting to be honest we've got that and a whole lot more on a monday Motown Monday, glad to have you here. Thanks a lot for stopping by. That is Kerry. How you doing? Okay. Polo's in the house. Sam making it happen. I just noticed this. You see the Paul Servino died?
0: Yeah, I saw that. Come on, dude. We're good fellas. What's going on
2: with the good fellas? You uh-huh. had Rayleigh Ray, Ray Leota Ray- like a month ago.
0: About mm-hmm. two months ago, yeah.
2: It's crazy. Um, sad to hear that. Had an opportunity to interview him a few years ago. I, I never, I never made it happen because I think that he was looking for like an in studio thing, and that's when our show was also on Newsmax. And I think he thought I was in New York at Newsmax, and I mean, he was like down to do it, but not like through Skype or anything. Oh, that's a shame. He wanted to like get a town car, go to Newsmax, and like do it in studio with me, which would have been amazing. But I was in Texas. Sat to hear about his his passing. What a great actor. Just a really good actor. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed just about everything Paul Sorvino did. That's great. And Ray, Ray Liotta gone, too. I mean, holy crap. What is going on? Now, Goodfellas, I guess it was about 30 years ago now, wasn't it?
0: Um, a long time ago now. Yeah, it was early 1990s, I think.
2: Yeah, it felt like it was early, mid-90s. I'm not sure exactly the yeah. year. Somebody will know. But um, yeah, I mean, you hear something like that, it just it makes you sad, oh, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it just It's very, just kind of, kind of crazy. Now, did you watch any of the Trump rally? I guess there was one this weekend. Mm, I did not. Somebody in the chat room asked me if I did, and uh, I'll be honest with you, um, I'm a big Trump supporter. I hope he runs again and wins by like a landslide, but I don't need to watch every single rally because these are all individual rallies now that are for the people in the states where he's going. I think this one was in Arizona probably pushing for Carrie Lake again, which he should, and we hope to have her on uh, on again very soon. But um, I don't watch every single one. Um, I I know what he's going to say. If he says something really, you know, to tweak the left, it'll trend, and I'll see it. But uh, but I don't – Carrie, early on, did you watch a lot of these?
0: No, I didn't.
2: Mm-mm. I mean, like in uh, like in in sixteen. I know that we um, watched all the debates. We watched all the Hillary versus Trump I, I probably stuff.
0: I watched a few. Yeah, I'm sure I did.
2: And then Trump always going after the people, even on his own side, was always very entertaining. But uh, I, if I'm floating around not doing anything, I'll pop it on if it's on. But I did. It's not for me. It's not must watch television as much as it is for those wherever he happens to. Be. He's in Alaska. Alaska's gonna be very interested in what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's in Arizona. They're gonna be very interested. Florida be very interested. No, no matter where he happens to go going be very interested. I did not watch it. But I find it interesting that there's infighting on the right. And this interview that I have coming up at the bottom of the hour really does illustrate that. There's a lot of infighting going on on the right. And Mike Pence is, I guess, flexing his political muscle. Um, very interesting to me to see Mike Pence come to the fore. And basically, he's starting to look like he's the anti-Trump, more let's bring the Republican Party back to this place guy which I find surprising. He got an opportunity from Trump to be the vice president. Yes, he and Trump, you know, certainly didn't see eye to eye at the end. And I actually disagree with Trump that Mike Pence could have done anything to stop the count of the electors. That's not really his role. But um, he's starting to, I don't know. I don't know if flexing his political muscles is the right term, but he's certainly out there showing a path that he'd like to see for the Republican side. What do you have?
0: From CNN, former Vice President Mike Pence will sound very much like a White House hopeful looking to lead his party beyond former President Donald Trump when he touts his freedom agenda for the Republican Party in a speech in Washington. Pence will deliver remarks about a proposed conservative agenda, the Heritage Foundation, the conservative think tank. The trip, though originally slated to take place Monday evening, one day before Trump makes his first visit to the nation's capital since leaving office in January 2021, was postponed after Pence's flight into the Washington, D.C. area was diverted because of storms. As according to John Cooper, a spokesman for the think tank. It'll be rescheduled for another day. The Freedom Agenda provides a clear roadmap for conservative leaders looking to connect deeply with the American people on their top priorities, Pence plans to say, according to prepared remarks obtained by CNN, it is built upon the belief that Americans want to create more economic opportunity, restore American leadership on the world stage, and are proud of traditional American culture and want to preserve it. His prepared remarks touch on the importance of building a lasting majority and the need for unified conservative action as opposed to looking backward. Some people may choose to focus on the path. past. as Planner marks read, but I believe conservatives must focus on the future.
2: Wow. As a journalist, do you take his words to mean let's move past Trump?
0: I would say yes.
2: It sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it really does. It sounds like that. And, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, this simply isn't happening on the left. This simply is not happening on the left where there's anybody who's in prominence and a a former vice president has some prominence. It doesn't matter whether you think he's got political muscle or not. The fact is he's got prominence. He's got, he says, I'm going to come and speak and I want the party to move on. I want the party to do this, that, and the other. Um, I I think that's a no brainer that Mike Pence is in fact saying, let's move past that guy. And those of you who don't want to move past that guy won't move forward with us. I find that to be very weird. I really do. Um, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, why can't Republicans or conservatives do exactly the same thing that Democrats are doing? I, it, it just doesn't make sense that there's always this splintering. You got the Mitt Romneys of the world and the Liz Cheney's and the Adam Kinzinger and now Mike Pence. And on a personal level, you know, if I'm Pence, I understand why you're unhappy with Trump and how the presidency ended. I get that. I get that. But having said it, have your differences, then move on as a can congealed movement. As a movement that says, this is what conservatism needs to be in the United States to squash this radical leftist progressivism that is hurting us so badly. That's what we need to do. Yet, for some reason, we're not. You got Mike Pence talking about move past, leave the past behind. This professor that I have on at the bottom of the hour is going to say the same thing. Time to move on past Trump. And I find that to be very weird knowing that he's the front runner by a lot. Actually, he might have spoken at the SAS conference in Tampa this past weekend. It might not have been Arizona. Either way, you've got a guy. They did a straw poll in Florida, and he beat DeSantis handily in Florida on the conservative or Republican side. So saying you should move past him while he's still far in front of the pack is just stupid. It's political suicide for the party. And I don't know why they keep on doing that. That's why I'm not a Republican. Those of you who think that I'm a Republican not, I'm a conservative person. Conservative person who believes in a value system that means the things I talk about. I am not ever going to be a get in lockstep. Establishment Republican that listens to the National Review or Mike Pence or fill-in-the-blank Establishment Republican. not going to do it. And I've had Mike Pence on the show. Very nice guy. Really like Mike Pence a lot. And I agree with him that he could not have not opened the envelopes on January 6th. That was his job. He did what he was supposed to do. But he's out there doing competing rallies. And now he's CNN. He's touting his praises as, as what he wants to see for the conservative movement moving on. To me, it's very weird. At some point, you join forces. See, here's something that, that the right didn't learn as well as they could have after 2016. Remember that, Kerry? He's out there calling Ted Cruz lying Ted.
0: Yes. Oh,
2: yeah. Calling Marco little Marco. Mm-hmm. Basically call Rand Paul ugly on stage. I mean, the guy's just out there lighting everybody up. What did he call Jeb Bush slow or something? Sleepy Jeb, something like that, to where he had no energy, low-energy Jeb. I mean, he was just that guy. He's like, let's go, man. Let's roll up our sleeves and just go nuts. And then when he gets the nomination, you see Cruz jumps on the bandwagon because he wants a conservative to win. You see Rand Paul backs Trump now. He wants a conservative to win. Marco Rubio doesn't seem to have the same problems that he had because he wants a conservative to win. Jeb Bush still hates him. The Bush family still hates him. You know what I mean? I, I think that you leave the personal crap aside and and you move forward because you know it's better for the country. It's better for the country to to join forces against the radicals that would have Klaus Schwab's agenda put on our faces. It, it will ne- Mitt Romney will never make sense to me, nor will Liz Cheney. I don't care what he said about your father or didn't. Or Adam Kinzinger, who's owned by somebody. I don't know why he's acting like he is. I don't care. Because the, the simple question is, would you really rather have Biden? When you put the two together, if you're Liz Cheney, Jeb Bush, Adam Kinzinger, Mitt Romney, Mike Pence, are you telling me you'd rather have Biden than Trump? If the answer is no, then stop the BS. 888-941-PAGS. 888 JoePags.com. Go there. Sign up for all the social media. Scroll down to the bottom. Send me an email. Just click on contact. Why do you think Mike Pence is doing this? And why is it that the Republican side is always the side that ends up eating its own? Keep it here. Coming back.
0: You're listening to Joe Pags.
2: That Stevie Wonder, mid-late 60s, I would imagine. Motown Monday, the Joe Pag Show. Appreciate you being here. Let me just say it again. I have not had a constitutional conservative or a constitutional expert tell me that what I'm saying is wrong here. Let me just say it again. Mike Pence, in my opinion, did not have the opportunity to turn away or deny the electors' votes. Did not have the ability did not have the right as the vice president to say, I'm not opening the envelopes. The process, as I understand it, is you open the envelopes, you read the votes by the electors, and then the House and Senate can challenge the votes by the electors, like Jamie Raskin. And um, if I can see her face, I can't think of her name right now. But many people on the left did in 2016. They actually challenged Trump's electors. That was in either the Senate or the House. Sheila Jackson Lee was the other one. Somebody in the House can challenge. Somebody in the Senate can challenge. And then, if there's somebody who's challenging both in the House and the Senate, then you have to bring it to another vote to make sure that we're going to accept or not accept the electors. I don't know who started this idea that that the vice president somehow could have not opened the envelopes. I literally have people that I like in my chat room saying, he turned his back on the country. I don't think he did. He's certainly turning his back on Trump now, and I don't know why. I think it's a really bad move. But I don't think there is a legal ability of the vice president to say, I'm not opening these. Now, you can't certify if there's a challenge going on. That's why Hawley was ready to challenge. That's why Cruz was ready to challenge. That's why members of the House were ready to jump on board and challenge as well. Because if you got again, if you got the House and the Senate both challenging, you then go to a vote. And the vote would have gone Trump's way because there's a majority by state. I think it's thirty to twenty, Republican to Democrat. It's not the number of it's not the number of, of representatives, it's the number of states. And you get one vote per state. Trump would have won. That's the process. It's actually in the Constitution. You're allowed to do it. What stopped them from doing that on January 6th, by the way? Anybody? Yeah, the riot. So as I've said from day one, Trump is not the person who benefited from the riot. Biden is. Then you start to wonder, well, why is a Ray Epps out there egging people on? Why are there other people out there egging them on? Why do we see video of the Capitol Police moving the barricades and telling them, go ahead? Why? Who benefited? It wasn't Trump. Trump would have benefited had they followed the constitutional ability that the House and Senate had and re-voted. That never happened. Because of the riot, because of the mayhem, because of the vandalism, People like Cruz and Holly, everybody else backed off. They stopped the challenge and they accepted the certification of the election. Something that still to this day is in question if you've watched 2,000 Mules. So I want I want to help you understand. I don't want to be right and you're wrong. I just want to help, help you understand that I don't think Mike Pence could have done anything other than open the envelope and read the elector's votes. That's my opinion. I'm willing to be proven wrong by anybody who's a constitutional lawyer, uh, a Supreme Court justice. Somebody wants to explain to me how what I'm reading the Constitution is not consistent with what I just said. I'll listen. I really will. I'm open to listening to that. But I haven't heard a good argument other than Mike Pence turned his back. Mike Pence is a bad guy. Mike Pence didn't do his duty. Mike Pence didn't have a democracy in mind. No, I don't think so. I think Mike Pence did what he's allowed to do. We go to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. Chris, Texas. What's going on? Hi.
3: Yes, sir. I was just calling about your uh, Mike Pence comment and the uh, part about the uh, Republicans eating their own. Yes. Yeah, I just have an opinion on that. I feel like the Republican and conservative types are more the alpha types in nature where we're more competitive. We're the the soccer dads, the softball dads, where we want to win. We don't want the participation trophy. So we are going to be the ones that are at the town halls. We're at the city council meetings. We're at the. Uh, PTA meetings, trying to get these school board members out where your big, them, their crowd on the other side don't really have that kind of intuition because they're not an alpha-type
2: personality. Well, it could be. I mean, I guess they they run in packs more than we do. I get that. But at the same time, when it comes down to crunch time, don't you think, Chris, we should put that crap aside and join forces to beat the other side?
3: You can, but ego's ego and alphas are alphas. We're the only species in the world that people that aren't alphas are allowed to succeed.
2: Right. But I mean, I, growing up, my friends were alphas. We hung out and we were very, very determined and we would, we would compete. But at the end of the day, we were on the same team. That's what I'm saying. Let's be alphas and compete against the left. A bunch of betas. Let's do that.
3: Oh, trust me. I'm I'm all for it. I'm just saying the way human nature and mother nature all work together. You have alphas and you have people that aren't. Yeah. So, you can determine how you want between the Republican Democrat side. Which one do you think is which?
2: No, I got you. No, Chris, I I, I got you. But what I'm saying is, like in the debates, when they were all going at each other, and Rubio said uh, Trump has small hands and blah blah blah, um, all that had to go aside once you had the nominee. All that had to be uh, had to go aside. And you might be saying, well, see, there's no nominee yet. This is just the process. Yeah, but this is this is worse than what we were seeing before. This is literally people like Pence making the assertion that Trump should be out of the way now, or this guy that I'm going to interview in a few minutes here. Trump should not be the guy. We should move past Trump. But then he says, but we should keep his voters, which is very, ah, well, how do you do that if you're saying that Trump is no good? It's very, very interesting, the conversation that we have. Uh, I'm talking about 30 seconds. Corey, it's all yours. Let's go.
1: Yeah, hey, Joe, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to comment on what you
3: said about earlier about you you call yourself a conservative not a republican yes
0: i would like to add to that maybe uh we should just call ourselves
1: common sense the common sense party
2: i'm down hey hey I gotta run that works for me the common sense party sounds good, but I don't want the common sense party to be taken over by a bunch of partisans and a bunch of establishment people. I, I like talking about my values. I like talking about what I believe in. I like talking about what I like about what Trump did and what Reagan did and so on. Because if we talk about that, then people can say, I agree with him or I disagree with him without saying I'm an R I'm a D I'm a moderate, I'm a conservative. I mean, without us saying any of that stuff, let's just talk about what we believe in. And would you really rather have Biden than Trump? And I think that you ask that question as often as you can. 888 pags 888 7247 JoePags.com. Stay here. Big interview coming up. You're going to find this interesting. We go back and forth a little bit. Keep it here.
0: This is The Joe Pags Show.
2: Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young man on. He's a professor at George Mason University's Scalia Law School. It is uh, F.H., and you said that I should should call you Frank. Um, Buckley, Frank, good to meet you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, the the name of the book jumped out at me because I don't know what progressive conservatism is. Uh, I'm a conservative, certainly, in in just about every way you can think, Um, but the word progressive has been co-opted by the left. Just explain the title, if you don't mind.
1: Sure. Well, the first thing is, Uh, There's nothing progressive about the left, right? I mean, they want to shut down free speech, and they want to make this a contest between race and race. That's Neanderthal. Uh, That's anything but progressive. Yes. Trump, on the other hand, and, and look, I worked on the campaign. I wrote speeches for the candidate. I advised on stuff. Generally, Trump was different from the other candidates, right? I mean they were libertarian he had a different kind of agenda yeah. and you could call it progressive because he ended up with in the sweet spot of american politics which was conservative on social issues but middle of the road on economic issues right that's the progressive part of it and that's that's where the voters were right and you know what happens next to the republican party i don't know but if trump doesn't run again and it, hey he's aging out i think you know the important thing is to keep those trump voters and the way to do it is figure out what those policies were and support them and that's that's the idea behind
2: my book the name of the book is Progressive right. uh, Conservatism, and I appreciate you explaining that. It's uh, F. H. Buckley is his name. I'm going to call him Frank. Go and get this book right now. You can go to fhbuckley.com and uh, you'll see you'll see the the big picture of the book. Click on that You and go and get it. Um, I guess what I'm confused about is um, what Trump did financially and fiscally was still pretty conservative in that he lowered regulations and he lowered taxes. Uh, he he actually invited companies to come back to boost the economy. That might have been a progressive move to to make progress, which again. And they've co-opted it for no reason on the left, but I don't see him as as being fiscally liberal to you.
1: No, he was the middle of the road. Okay, he wasn't a big spender, and you know the, the big issue right now is inflation, right? Yeah. So the one thing we can't do is have a government start throwing around money. But you know, look in in other respects, um, he was different from the libertarians who were there before. Look, yeah. Uh, you know, I I advised on this stuff. Um there are things we could do that are more conservative mostly this is a matter of being more conservative but there are things we could do which are progressive and one of them was tariff policies right we saw a lot of jobs disappearing south of the border or to china okay and trump made that an issue um on immigration a more conservative policy would be one which adopts something like the canadian point system We admit people on the basis they're going to make Americans better off, right? Right, right. Why should that be bad? Uh, In other respects, you know, I I said there are things we could do with respect to health care. We don't want Obamacare. I I said, look, you know, I moved here from Canada. The the Canadian Medicare system is better than people say, but we can do a lot better. Yeah. Okay. And one thing we could do, which would be progressive, would, and which a majority of Americans would support is take care of catastrophic health problems, right? We don't mind 25-buck copays. We don't like walking out of a hospital knowing we're bankrupt, yes. okay? So there's, that is progressive. So look, we're not theoretical. There's no ideology here. All we want to do is make Americans better off. That involves a lot of things, a lot of conservative things, some things which are more progressive, but totally different from the Dems in every respect.
2: The name of the book is Progressive uh, Conservatism. F.H. Buckley is his name. Uh, Frank, I appreciate you coming on. He's a foundation professor at George Mason University Scalia Law School. Uh, When it comes to Trump running again, and you alluded to this very quickly, that he may be aging himself out, but we want to keep the Trump voters in. I don't think he thinks he's aging himself out, and I think that he's definitely going to run. He's made that pretty clear um, without actually saying the words. So how do you go from a speechwriter and somebody who helps on policy for Trump to somebody who you don't you don't want trump to run again i mean you've made that very clear but how do you go from that uh, from where you were to where you are
1: well i'm looking at you know things that work i'm pragmatic and frankly i don't think he'd win okay i mean a lot of people would disagree with me that's fine i, I you know i don't want to get into arguments right but um uh, the crucial thing is carrying on the Trump agenda. And if we had a party that committed to that agenda, I think it'd be more likely he wouldn't want to run again. Why would he want to do it if somebody else is going to carry the, the policies that he supported? You know, the problem right now is those policies are so poorly understood by the rest of the people in the party, right? I mean, I, if I were Trump, the main temptation I would have to run, you know, at whatever age he is, would be nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. So let's find somebody who can tap into what the Trump message was, right? And credibly say, I'm going to carry on the Trump agenda, okay? And, um, you know, I'm going to get, you know, all the people who can't stand them as well as the people who uh, who like them.
2: Yeah. That's how uh, you do Well, it's an interesting, um, um, pro- uh, certainly, perspective, but Trump is running again. And the reason why he's running again, and I don't think you and I would argue about this, I've interviewed him 11 times, is because of his ego. And I've got a big ego. That's why I do what I do. I mean, I don't think ego is a bad thing. If, if you're doing what's good for everybody else through that ego, he doesn't like that. He feels like the, the election was stolen from him. And there's a lot of information now that there was a little bit more fraud than we thought, but we don't have to argue about who won the election. Um, all that said, um, I think he thinks something was stolen. I think that he thinks that it what right. What was rightfully his was taken away. And that I think is what drives him. Certainly age is an issue. But age is a different issue when you've got somebody like Joe Biden that Ronnie Jackson, the former White House doctor, says has dementia versus Donald Trump who can go and rift for three hours at a rally. So is there something else that's holding you back from a support of him? Because a lot of people that supported Trump didn't realize they were conservative or they loved America as much as they did, and he was able to bring them into a tent that the Republicans couldn't bring them over to, like Hispanics, like blacks, like many women. Um, is there another reason why you don't think he should run? Well, I'm in Virginia. We have a pretty good governor
1: here, Very and good. he's somebody, you know, Yunkin. Um, I think he'd be a good presidential candidate, but you know, he's someone who tapped into the Trump voters without going all the way and saying, you know, I'm completely 100% pro-Trump. Right. So there, there, you know, there are those Northern Virginia suburban mums that ended up voting for oh. him because the Dems have gone crazy. Yes. So you know, so I, look, I think we got about 80% of the population. That is sick and tired of the craziness on the left, and it's like little blind fruit. Yes. And how do you get them? And I'm, I'm thinking our best strategy would be one that you know adheres to what I call a progressive conservative Trump agenda, and which at the same time has, has another standard bearer. And I I just think you know, 2024 is a long time away. It is. So you know a lot of things can happen, but. Um, if I think Trump shouldn't win again, it's simply because I don't think he'd win. Okay. that's
2: all. It is, uh, FH Buckley, Frank, uh, he's a professor, George Mason university, Scalia law school. Interesting that that's the name of the law school, because I think Antonine Scalia would be very, very happy with the Supreme court, uh, the way it sits today as put together by Trump. Um, so very good moves there when it comes to, to law. Uh, can you imagine uh, Frank, that not very long ago, a football coach at a high school in, in Washington couldn't pray after the game, or that um, that Roe somehow was, was, or or Dobbs, or fill in the blank, that somehow that was in the Constitution, although we can't find it in the Constitution. I mean, Antonin Scalia would be very happy with those moves, right? Yeah,
1: and you know what's interesting here? What's interesting is the fury on the left stems from the fact they know how unpopular their policies are with ordinary voters, and what they figure is the only way we can get what we want Is do it without democracy by imposing it on Americans through the courts. Okay, and so what the court presently is doing is saying no. uh, We like to back off. We think more decisions should be made by politicians talking to each other, and less by an elite of left wing lawyers. Yes. So you know, I that's that was. That's great stuff from the Supreme Court.
2: And the Founding Fathers, by the way, wanted the states to have the power, not the central government. And that's the opposite of what the liberals in in this day and age are doing. I mean, they're literally—you've got, you've got Kamala Harris and Joe Biden or whoever's writing his, his speeches— literally saying, we're going to do this through Congress then. We're just going to codify this and codify that and codify something else. It's all going to end up back at the Supreme Court again, and they're all going to lose again because it's unconstitutional. It's very interesting to watch, but again, Trump put that in place. It is uh, F.H. Buckley, go and get his book. It's called Progressive Conservatism. I know that the New York uh, Post editorial board declared uh, Trump unworthy of running again because there was a few hours where he didn't say or do enough, according to them, to stop what was happening on January 6th. Does that play a role in your thought process too? It plays a role in my processes, but more indirectly, because I think,
1: you know, most Americans would agree with the New York Post on this. A majority of people would. And, you know, if Trump ends up looking at the polls in a year's time, he may find that he wouldn't get the nomination. I'd like to see him him gracefully. okay, And I think he's more likely to do so if he knows that he's got a party that's going to bear his message. And so, but we're waiting for somebody to pick that up, right? We're waiting for some politician, some Republican to figure it all out. And they haven't really done so.
2: Well, What's okay. interesting What's I interesting mean, is you mentioned Youngkin, who I think is very good. We agree. DeSantis is obviously very good. I think that we probably would agree mostly on that as well. But these guys are doing a very important job in those states. Virginia almost went back to McAuliffe, if you can believe it. You had uh, a Andrew, what's his face, Gillum, that almost beat DeSantis. And he turned out to be a complete mess. Don't you think we need these strong conservative governors to stay where they are and, and not start thinking outside and maybe I'll go be the president? I, I I like them in their role. Do you agree with me? I agree with you totally. And by the way, that
1: points to a problem with Trump, uh, in my view, uh, and certainly with any, anybody in the Senate. You know what? The reason why I like DeSantis and I like Youngkin is they're governors. They know how They have to run things. Yeah. Right? Nobody in the Senate has that kind of experience. And Trump, okay... Trump didn't have that experience either. And, you know, a lot of his appointments were disappointing. I mean, he didn't pay enough attention to personnel. Uh, Definitely was, You know, not. you're given all I these agree. levers, he didn't know which one to pull. Yeah. So, you know, so I'd like a governor.
2: Well, well. If there's well, again, I like the governors in their roles where they are. I don't want them to run for president. I want them to keep on fixing what's happening there, and maybe in twenty eight or something like that. Uh, but but at the end of the day, he did run, of course, Trump International, and he did it very successfully. But you're right; he surrounded himself with people that he didn't properly vet. There were leaks from from moment one, which made no sense whatsoever. And he hasn't, to be honest, been very. And I'll say this to his face: he hasn't, to be honest, been good enough at making sure we understand what was going on. And, and, and by that, I mean the whole January 6th thing. Yes, it should not have happened. The riot was bad. I hated that it happened. But he literally, and I've got this from Cash Patel, and there are memos through the, the, the chain of command. He literally offered two or three days earlier to Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police, to Bowser and the, and the D.C. Police, ten to 20,000 uh, National Guard troops to stop what happened from happening. Has he been good enough in explaining to people that he didn't want this to happen on January sixth? Do you think that his pride is stopping him? So I'm trying to figure out why January sixth has anything to do with Trump when I know he tried to he tried to stop it.
1: He tried to stop it beforehand. Um, you're right. There was that what three hour gap. Yes. And you know, okay, look, um, going after Mike Pence at a moment when Mike Pence is being physically threatened. This was not cool. Yeah. So I do have that I do have that problem. And the guy, you know, the the guy who made it work. You know, in the end, the January 6th committee is a kangaroo court. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It doesn't have a a defense attorney saying cross-examining anything like that. But I got to tell you, if, if the January 6th hearings have the effect of persuading the American people that it's time to move on from Trump, you know, this may, like a boomerang, bounce back and help the GOP.
2: Interesting. You know, the January 6th Committee is just that it's a kangaroo court, and you and I would agree that you don't even have any minority leadership. You've got nobody there to cross-examine. You've got nobody there to, to present the opposing uh, information. Uh, in fact, when they brought on this, this woman who said that he leaped over the back seat and grabbed the steering wheel and he, and he uh, punched a Secret Service agent, immediately the former agents responded with, that's not true, were happy to come and yeah. testify, and they were never called to come and testify. Don't you think the, the January 6th Commission and airing it on primetime dramatic television is actually helping Trump? I mean, it, it, to me, it makes him almost look like he's being victimized by the establishment again. Two impeachment hearings that were ridiculous, and now uh, trials that were ridiculous, and now you've got this this committee, which is not really a committee. It's actually an illegal gathering of a bunch of people in Congress.
1: You know, can I make a confession?
2: Please. I haven't watched. I don't know. <laughs> Have you watched
1: I, I don't think we're watching. <laughs> yeah, you know, we know what it is. Yeah. You know, we know it's totally phony. Yeah. We know it's dishonest. It's coming from the Dems. What do you expect? So yeah, I'm tuning out.
2: Okay. Well, I, I tuned out as well, but I do a 3 hour a day show, so I've got to know what, what happened. And, and if nothing else, I give the nuts and bolts of it. And this one, uh, you know, the testimony from a lot of these people is absolutely ridiculous. It is F.H. Uh, Buckley. Go and get his book. It's called Progressive Conservatism. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Trump guy. Don't, don't misunderstand. He likes me. I like him. I went to the White House and interviewed him, and he's been very nice to me. Um, but having said that, I'm a conservative guy. Um, even if I like Trump and he's a liberal, I'm not for him. If I like Trump and he caused the riot on January 6th, I'm not for him. Um, I'm a Trump guy in that he he talks about and then did what he said he would do as far as moving the capital of, of Israel to Jerusalem, as far as really lowering regulations and cutting taxes and inviting business back. And I mean, he did what he said he would do to the point that it was almost a fault. It certainly was through the establishment because they didn't expect that a candidate would really do what he said he would do if nothing else people should learn from that shouldn't they absolutely but you know let me end on this
1: note i'm looking at this from an historical perspective and my here are my heroes abraham lincoln teddy roosevelt dwight eisenhower okay i'm kind of dating myself but you know i wore a coonskin cap okay (laughs) so you know i'd go back these were fantastic people the party didn't begin with trump the party began with abraham lincoln and all the things I'm describing as progressive conservatism, these are the kinds of things that those three people supported. And, in the, you know, and and Ike, the most popular president in the last century, said the Republican Party is going to be sunk if it's not progressive. What I, what I liked about Trump was he combined both a progressive agenda that looked out for ordinary American people who had been forgotten with very conservative instincts. That was Trump. I
2: loved it. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it's F.H. Uh, Buckley Frank. He's a professor at George Mason University's Scalia Law School, a foundation professor. His name of the book is Progressive Conservatism, and I urge you to go and get it. I really like this conversation, and I'll end it with this. Um, he's going to run again. He'll win the nomination, and I think he'll win rather easily if he does that. Now, you disagree with everything I just said, um, but so, so let's circle back. Let's see who was closer. Can we do that? Sure absolutely love to that would be know. wonderful and maybe i'm right maybe you're right we'll see that yeah, we we will see i appreciate the time thank you frank we're back after this stay right here
0: don't be an a-dub stay with the joe pack show
2: Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. I enjoy having conversations like that because I don't want just people who agree all the time. And to be honest with you, I thought he and I were going to disagree even more than we did. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I thought it was going to be a big disagreement. Um, But he ended up, every time I I hit back on a topic or an issue that he brought up, uh, he just sort of, well, this is what I'd rather see. I thought it was going to be a real back and forth because in the email that we received on it, it pretty much said the New York Post uh, editorial board said Trump can't lead again. And the assumption was this guy agreed with that, but I couldn't get him to say that. Um, the book might be interesting. I don't think of the word progressive when I think of conservative. But progress used to be a good thing. And I don't like that the left you know, somehow co-opted that term either. Uh, progressive. 888-941-PAGS. JoePags.com. If you've got thoughts on that interview, by all means, go to the website right now, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot and scroll to the bottom, click on Contact, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Quick break. We're back after this. Stay here.
0: This is The Joe Pags Show.